Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Video Games Now podcast. It's Rodney, and I'm joined by Cole. Hello. And today we're going to talk about uh, we were going to talk about Final Fantasy VII. However, the guy who's played the most of Final Fantasy VII, aka Wilhelm, is not here because he's not well again. Cole, Mark has also played a lot of Final Fantasy, but he is also not here. Well, he's also banned from the podcast via the uh, the, the listeners of the podcast. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, no more Mark, and I don't know what's going on with Will. So we'll try to get Will on, but if not, we'll uh, ask Bradley, I'm sure he's listening, uh, to come on to the show next week and talk about Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but also we're going to talk about the Xbox Series X is pushing hard for uh, all-access subscription for the Xbox or for the Series X. So that's good, we'll talk about that. And uh, PlayStation unveiled their DualSense controller. We'll also talk about that. That's all coming up right now. Right now. Right now. All right, guys, welcome to the show. We're going to talk about the gaming order of the week this week, which is brought to you by me. And it's Exploit. You know what that is, Cole? Um, is that when you um, exploit a break in the game? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, nailed yes, it. Yes, it is. It's, I've uh, been watching um, uh, video game creators react to speedruns. It's yep. been a really interesting series on IGN. It's like they literally get uh, like the lead designers and the character designers to sit down and watch some of the world's best speedrunners. Yep. And just get to hear the creators... Um, like they talk about how they made the game and how the they if they like what the speedrunner is doing if it's legit or if they're exploiting parts of the game. So I lucked out with uh, with watching something that's using exploit lately. Nice. I watched the uh, world record speedrun for Breath of the Wild. It's fucking gross. How long is it? Twenty seven minutes. Holy crap! He literally made. Okay, so um, he had to get the um, the bombs. Like he had to get all four orbs so he can get the uh, paraglider. Oh, and then yeah. he did a big time bounce to, uh, which is um, when you jump off um, a ledge of some sort and onto your shield, and you're about to land on an enemy, and then you'll go into bullet time, so you'll hold down the uh, oh the yellow one, yeah, yeah, the right like the right trigger. No, 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 not mm -hmm. not this, not you don't use stasis. You just you hold down the right trigger, so you can use your bow, and then it slows time down. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And when you do that, it changes the physics in the game. So you'll land on the Bull Coblin or whatever you're landing on, and it'll fucking launch you, like, super fucking quick. And he uses that to get all the way to Hyrule Castle in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so yeah, he does that. And then, if you haven't defeated any of the Divine Beasts, you have to fight those bosses in Hyrule Castle before you can even fight Ganon. Mm. So, but he made all four of those bosses look like they weren't even a fucking challenge. Like, look like chumps. Like, like they talk about how Link's the legendary hero, but like this Link was fucking unreal. Like, he is the legendary hero. Like he's, oh my god, he had three hearts and he took out all four bosses in less than a minute. I'm like, holy fucking shit. The first boss, what? Um, he shot an arrow at a specific spot. And then the cutscene started, and as the cutscene was playing, the arrow was directly in the eye of the fucking boss, so he was taking double damage consistently until the cutscene ended, and he just fucking dropped dead and died. That's, I'm like, there's some people who are like, just so good, but it takes practice, you know. It's not yeah, like I was gonna say. Clearly, this guy's played nothing but Breath of the Wild since it was released, or he's just an own natural possibly anyways yeah exploit is uh when you find a glitch in the game uh in a game engine and then abuse that glitch in order to further your own ends an example would be you found a bug that made you able to fall underground in an fps and instead of reporting it you purposely exploit the underground bug to get free kills and wins i might have done that once on call of duty in season one on uh the oh, i can't remember what the map is called um because i'm terrible with names it's the one where it's like the um the uh city the desert city oh oh yeah um 
I can't remember what it's called either, but yeah, I hate that level. I was on. climbing down the ladder. There's like a little ladder to get to the, the roof. And I, I crawled down the ladder and I just went right underground as I was crawling and I couldn't get back up. And uh, I was like, oh, so my head must be sticking up or something. I'm going to die. And then it wasn't at all. So the whole game, I just sat underground at the bottom of the ladder. Nice. Um, and then people watch the kill. Oh, you're playing on hardcore, so there's no kill cam. Uh, yeah, no kill cam. Nice. I was just sitting at the bottom of the ladder, like underground. I, I mean, I couldn't really see anybody too well, but if somebody came to that ladder, I could shoot them. So I got like four kills or something, and that's it. But I, I just couldn't get out. Like I, I was, I was completely stuck. So I was like, yeah, I'll just shoot people going on this ladder, which is not a heavy use. And then I felt justified. I can hear and all the twelve-year-old kids now. Fucking hacker! Come on! It only happened once. It's never happened again, and that happened like when the game first came out in yeah. like the first two weeks. <laughs> Um, anyways, so, uh, yeah, I've actually been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I've been very playing the whole game. And, is it uh, your second playthrough or third playthrough? This is my second playthrough. I don't... What I've forgotten is how... Where all the shrines are and how to complete all the shrines. So it's, like, pretty much fresh every time I play the shrine. Or I'll remember it. Like, there was one shrine I was stuck on forever and it was, like, the dumbest thing. Um, you had to use your paraglider to, like, glide up gales of wind. And then you I remember to, that one, yeah. Yeah, and then you get to a point where it's just like this tower and it just isn't obvious or um what's the word instinctual for you to fly around to the back side of this tower and find a fucking hole there so, so the idea to keep you on your toes yeah so when i first played that dungeon on my first playthrough I, i'm like this i don't know i don't know what to fucking do so i just left and came back later and tried to figure it out and then i got will to look it up for me uh, when we were standing in line for packs I was a, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like uh, yeah, you need to fly around to the backside. I'm like, fuck sakes. <laughs> I just felt so dumb, and I'm like, yeah, but that's all I had to do. It's good. Those keep they keep you on your toes. You know the uh, the shrines. They're really, I think they're fun. Yeah, mini games. No, not mini games. Challenges. I can't mini, even mini challenges. Mini challenges. Some of them are just downright annoying, though. Like. The uh, ones where you have to use your gamepad is like um fuck those. Uh, where you have to turn the map in order to to roll the balls to places. Yeah, those frustrated me. Yeah, those are annoying. Um, I cheat. I glitched the game twice in my playthrough. Once to um, uh, so you know the blue fire puzzles or lantern things that you got to land on. Oh yeah, all the yeah. Those are fucking mm. dumb, and I hate it. So I did a um, item storage glitch. So you'll set down a square bomb on the ground, and then you'll take out a torch, and you'll have a shield equipped, and then you'll put the torch away, but while Link's doing the animation for putting the torch away, you'll unequip your shield and then push A to pick up the bomb, and then he's holding the bomb, but underneath the bomb is the torch sticking out. So you just have to, like, very neatly light the torch. And then Gingerly. throw the bomb away, and then, uh, yeah, you got a lit torch that you don't have to manage anymore. Because it's it's not technically not equipped, but it's equipped. So you can, like, climb and do all this shit with the torch, and it'll never go out. So you just did run you, up to the thing and light the fucking light, uh, kettle thing. Did you do that recently, or did you do yep. it a while ago? No, I did it recently. Okay, I was going to say, do they fix that? Like, can you still, are you still, still able to do that? Yeah, I just did it uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool. Still, yep. uh, still and uh, the other gl glitch I did in the game was I got the Master Sword early. So. <laughs> That's a big glitch. That's a pretty big glitch. That's like half the game is just trying to get the hearts to get the Master Sword. Well, um, I wanted to max out my stamina meter before I went for hearts, so I literally just did that yesterday. I have three full stamina wheels now. And uh, so I have five hearts and full stamina. But, uh, yeah, the Master Sword glitch is not that hard, actually. Um, you need to... So, you need to a village where your house is and where this, uh, uh, where you can dye your clothes and shit like that, yeah. that town. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that shrine that's in that town, that plays a key role in this. Um, you have to save near the Master Sword on top of a horse, like a hard save. And then you have to, um, go to that shrine... Uh, how, how do I explain this glitch? It's, there's a camera glitch where you can open your camera and crouch at the same yeah. time, and then you can move while you're crouched, while you're in the camera, and then you walk up to the... It's one of those puzzles that you were just talking about, the one, the ones you hate. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you those go up ones. to the apparatus or whatever while you're in this crouch camera state, and then take a picture 
of the apparatus console and um, and then it'll show you your picture and you have to delete the picture and then the game will also have activated the apparatus at the same time. So you're basically just like trying to store that apparatus in the game's memory. Mm. Um, and then you have to load um, your save file. Okay, yeah. with me? Yeah, you load yeah. your save file with, you. uh, with, yeah. you, with Link on top of the horse. It'll load that. And as soon as that game loads, like as soon as you're able, you have to open the map uh, and then load the Great Plateau. So you, you warp to the Great Plateau or so the game yeah. thinks you are. The game will load the Great Plateau, but it'll also load the coordinates of the horse, and that's where you will start. So you're in the, uh, you're in the, um, uh, what do you call it? The Lost Woods. Yeah. And But, but the you, game's loaded the Great Plateau, so you literally just run up and grab the Master Sword before all the triggers load in. Uh, that sounds extremely complicated. Yeah, it is. Um, but... It's rewarding because now I have the Master Sword and I didn't need to get 13 hearts for it. Every time, like, I try to do... I mean, I don't really try to do too much, like, but every time I've tried to do glitches, I always mess it up. I never... I'm never able to pull it off, so... Ah, well, it, this one was pretty easy, actually, so... It sounds like it. <laughs> uh, but the downside to this is... So there's the DLC in the game where you can get... You can do the trials with the Master Sword. So the game, once the area loaded, the game still thinks the Master Sword is in the pedestal. So I'll walk up to it, it's not there, but it'll say pull out or pull up when I get yeah. there, but mm -hmm. it's in my inventory. So I have to still get 13 hearts before I can do the trials. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so. All right, um, let's move on to actual things now. So uh, let's talk about the Xbox Series X. Uh, all access subscription. Subscription. So uh, Xbox, Phil Spencer uh, is talking about how they're going to manage the price of the uh, Series X, which is a lot of, a concern for a lot of people. Um, he mentions in this article that uh, what hurt the Xbox One X, or sorry, the Xbox One, was that it was a hundred dollars more than the PS4. So mm. uh, Microsoft's going to push its smartphone-style all-access subscription program for the Xbox Series X launch later this year. Speaking to IGN, Spencer said Microsoft is going to go big with the Xbox all-access for, for the launch of the Xbox Series X later this year. In fact, Spencer used the plural saying Microsoft will go big with Xbox all-access at the launch of the consoles. He might just might have just simply misspoken or might have been referring to Microsoft's previously discussed plans uh, to launch more than one generation console this year. Mm. Uh, in addition to the Xbox Series X, Microsoft reportedly is reportedly working to lo uh, on lowering the cost of the next-gen Xbox consoles under the codename Lockhart. The Series X name designates the model next uh, name of the next-gen Xbox, which leaves room for Microsoft to release more generation consoles beyond the one we know about. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, they had Scarlet and then they had Anaconda as the code names, so they could be releasing those simultaneously. Interesting. That means like they could be releasing different versions of it or different consoles yeah. entirely. No, it'll be like the Xbox One and the Xbox One S, or you know, variations like that. And they would still um, have the power to run new gen games. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, in the U.S., the Xbox All Access program charges you twenty-four bucks a month for an Xbox Series X or twenty-three a month for the Xbox One S. Uh, or twenty dollars a month for the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. You may get off the uh, off. You may pay off the console over a period of twenty-four months. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like buying a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, got to teach these kids some financial. I know, planning. right? They don't teach you how to do financial planning in school, but they'll teach you how to do it. Or Xbox will teach you how to do it. Yeah. So. A trillion dollar company is teaching you how to be a f be better financially. Jesus. Well, that's funny because it's like that's the thing they don't teach you in school. They don't teach you how to like you know live your live an adult life, like how to do banking or how to uh, buy a house and stuff, which they should do. Yeah, we'll just have to learn how to do it from uh, from Xbox Series X. Thanks, Microsoft. Thanks, Bill Gates. <laughs> uh, all right, the, uh, in the IGN 
IGN interview, Spencer said that price is critical critical factor in the Xbox Series X. He said the original Xbox One struggled at launch because it was hundred dollars more than the expense uh, more expensive than the PS4. Uh, an Xbox All Access subscription program will help lessen the single impact of a purchase. And also in the interview, Spencer briefly discussed the impact of COVID-19 on the gaming industry. He said the gaming, uh, said gaming, unlike any other industry, is able to survive the global marketing vol uh, validity. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right word. Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer pointed out that the games, gaming staying afloat in 2008 during the financial crisis as well. And it would be remiss if you did not uh, talk about the economic realities that could be here in the fall. Uh, so it's not all doom and gloom. He does say that uh, we are possibly it, it should be on track to be released near the end of uh, end of the year in terms of the consoles and Halo Infinite. Mm. So that's good. I think the the thing that would affect it is the parts, right? Because there's so many like the Switch is being affected because they can't make the parts fast enough mm -hmm. in China. I don't know about the PS5, but. I wonder how they're. Is Xbox all made in in the states? It can't be. No, no, it's it's in China as well. But he says in this article that uh, um, since China is kind of getting up and running again, they they feel that they're on track to uh, release everything on time. Let's just hope that uh, China is up and running properly. You know, I'm afraid that they're just trying to cover it up again. Yeah, know? yeah. But well, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. Um. Not that I care about any of this Xbox stuff because I'm not buying an Xbox this time. Sorry, Microsoft. Thanks yep. for saving us and teaching us how to do uh, finance, but... Uh, yeah. We haven't done any quick maths in a while on this podcast. Oh, quick maths. Big Papa Pump maths. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's that little story here. Uh, let's talk about the PS5 controller. Yeah, look at this thing. It looks like a, like a spaceship. <laughs> Uh, lots of people have actually made uh, concept art for what the PS5 could look like with this design. Mm. But uh, one person made it look similar to the Xbox Series X, and that person needs to be punched. <laughs> Just a big tower. I really like the... I, I don't know how much PlayStation did it, but the Xbox... Um, uh, how much you could customize your controller. I've seen some pictures of like people customizing the PS5 controller and be cool if you could uh, if you could do the same thing because on the Xbox website you can go on there and you can design your own controller and then have them send it to you. Did you see that? Nope. Xbox um, controller. Oh, actually no, I do know what you're talking about. You can go on there and you can like literally piece together a controller the well, way you want it. Like you can pick your own colors and your own however you want it design it and then they'll well they'll I did that with uh, with my controller the evil controller Basically, oh yeah did you yeah so you just design, well you choose the plate you want on it and um, how you want if you want hairpin triggers if you want uh, your right thumbstick raised your left thumbstick raised etc etc um, so I did all that my uh, my Xbox controller broke my right trigger doesn't click anymore it's oh, like yeah. it's stuck so yeah. sometimes I'll be playing COD and like my trigger will just stop working it's always fun. That's annoying. But um, I'm trying to look it up here. Hairpin triggers, controllers, and remotes. It might be time for a, a new controller. But yeah, I like the I like the design. But I I wonder like it it doesn't look comfortable. You know, like it looks very boxy. Right. The I mean the Xbox controllers are boxy, but this looks like for the PS controllers they were like a little bit smaller. They were easy to handle but this seems like the handles are very wide and the d-pad looks like it's almost it doesn't look like it's sticking out like if you look at the d-pad it looks like it's so does all the buttons they look like they're like almost flat on it or is it just got a oh it's got a plastic covering that's why it's sitting up from a low angle straight on it looks like none of the buttons are sticking out it looks like it's like right into the controller interesting all right um, we'll see, because I mean that's like the big—that's one of the big battles between Xbox players and PlayStation players—is the controller. Okay. So, uh, M Bridges is uh, in the live podcast. Hello, M Bridges. Good evening. Good evening. So, uh, okay, we're still talking about the PlayStation Five. So, in a blog post that came seemingly out of nowhere, Sony finally revealed the new DualSense. 
PS5 controller. It marked the radical departure from the DualShock 4, but the redesigned pad, the redesigned pad will share one one thing in common with its predecessor. Uh, it will continue to ignore almost all its unique features. <laughs> yeah. This, this is from uh, Tech Radar. So, uh, it's a shame that the dual sense is stuffed full of exciting and potential game-changing technology. Sony wants to tingle your fingertips and massage your palms in a variety of interesting ways using haptic feedback and adaptive triggers, and I'm all for it. We've seen the tech used effectively in VR controllers, but if you're new to haptic feedback, it basically means you'll feel more of what you're seeing on screen. The sludginess as you drive a car through the mud and the tension of pulling back a bowstring as you shoot an arrow, for example. Cool. Mm. So that's like the HD rumble for from Nintendo. Yeah. That's going to be... Awesome. Sorry, I've just got so many tabs open trying to get back to the PlayStation 10. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is like how they can make a controller like... Um, what's the word? 4D? Yep. You know, like you can just like... You can have every sense being affected by it. Because I think that's huge, you know? Like when you're playing a game and you want to feel immersed, I think your controller is a big, a big part of that. Yeah, totally. One thing that I hope, like, one thing that drove me crazy is when, uh, when I used to play Sea of Thieves, like, late at night on my Xbox, the, um, menu button on the Xbox controller was so bright. Just, they've got the white button right in the middle of the controller, and there's no way to turn down the volume, or turn down the brightness. Yep. And all the lights would be off, and it would just be... I had to literally put a piece of tape over the middle of the controller because it was just so bright. Like, I hope they have a... You wouldn't think about that, but I hope they have a function to turn down the brightness on your on your controller. Yeah. Um, like, little things like that that kind of take you out of the, the experience. There's one shade of blue light that, like, I can't look at and focus on. Like, it's just out of focus, like, in it for all eternity. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, I, sometimes at concerts when they have the, that, that, same, that same blue light, I'm just like, fuck, I can't even see the concert now. <laughs> you get put in that one spot at the concert where the light just passes in front of you and just blinds you for a few seconds every... Yeah, w Will and I went to Billy Talent a couple years ago, and nice. whoever the light technician was for that show should be fucking fired. <laughs> they put um, eight, like, fucking 8K floodlights directly behind the band, and they just were blasting those the whole show, so you couldn't see the band at all. Uh, you probably know them because it's all the film guys who go do the concerts when they come here. Oh yeah. You know they. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'll always be talking to um, guys who work in the electrics department who were like, oh yeah, I did the lighting for this concert and I was working on whatever for this concert. So you probably knew whoever it was. Well, good. We can punch them. Yeah, uh, find them and knock them out. Yeah, putting floodlights behind, like panel floodlights like they were fucking super powerful on their own and they had eight of them behind the band that were just going <laughs> off quite crazy so you couldn't see the band at all it was super annoying like you go to concerts to watch the band play just your, your the songs you like right yeah because i mean i can get in my car at any time and listen to the band but right? you want to hear them live i want to hear them live and i want to see them play the songs um is billy talent good live oh yeah they're amazing live who was it? I thought it was Billy Talent or who wasn't very good live. I could be wrong. Like any new pop artist is probably not good live. Because mm. they, they have a lot of digital effects in their, in their songs. Yeah, I mean, they've, the, the that's technology that's come a long way. The um, microphone technology, like you can just have auto-tune right into your, your microphone. Yep. Fucking T-Pain and all them fuckers. T-Pain's old, man. Yeah. But what yeah, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so we're still on the DualShock controller. Um, let's take a look at the DualShock 4 as our primary suspect. Uh, it's got a lovely light bar which can change color to reflect what's happening in the game, such as flashing white if you're using a torch or turning red if your health is low. How many games use it this way, though? Barely any. Yep. I yeah. don't know. I don't have a PlayStation, so. <laughs> um, I, They did that in the... You're talking about the, the PS4 controller right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, um, they, it's very interactive, like, everything that's going on, it always changes colors. Like, I, in God of War, I did that every time something was going on, the PS5 controller, or the PS4 controller would be, like, a bright show. I, yeah, I feel like those would be more used with the exclusive games for PS. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I feel like game designers, they like to, 
to get immersed in in what they're doing. So I'm sure that they would also do it for games that aren't exclusively for PS, just for fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we saw Killzone Shadowfall, a PS4 launch title, use the touch bar in some interesting ways. Did some infamous, uh, as did Infamous Second Son, but. How many other games can you name that transform the experience in meaningful ways using this feature? Probably no one. Well, it's not really a meaningful feature. Tech PS4 radar. Controller colors? No, that would just be the colors. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about the PS4 accelerometer? Eh. A feature that's been around since the uh, six-axis controller, uh, which launched with the PS3. Uh, when did you when did you last play a video game that uses the uh, accelerometer for something other than silly gimmick? I think never. Yeah, never. Uh, but hold on, uh, because of the, uh, but because of these features were rather super fluctuous. Uh, I mean, come on, the, fl the flashy light you can't even see most of the time, so who cares? Members of the court, I mean, may I present you with Exhibit B HD Rumble on Nintendo Switch? Yes, I was just talking about that. Yeah. Masters of cramming quirky technology down gamers' throats. Nintendo's always tried to introduce some bizarre new input system into their console. With the Nintendo Switch is no different. We're, we were promised a sensation of feeling ice cubes in a controller, because of course we were. Despite the technology genuinely woeing in games like 1-2-Switch, it's basically been ignored by even Nintendo themselves. It hasn't come close to reaching the potential we were promised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's so, so real that we don't notice it. Yeah, it just feels like you're living your life. Yeah. How do you make your controller make it feel like you're sitting on the couch at home playing totally. Mario? Totally. Uh, okay, so one feature fits all. Uh, why does this worrying trend consistently happen? Truth be told, it all comes down to time and money. Video games are extremely expensive to make and require a lot of resources to do so. There's no monetary benefit to developers spending extra time to code in for features that are specific for one console. Occasionally it can happen, but it's an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, if you're trying to rush your game out, I doubt you'd be like, alright, put the ice cube feature in the controller before we go. Yeah. All right, well, so that's the news so far. Uh, let's move on to the poll of the week. Uh, so last week's poll was which Mario game are you most excited for? And because uh, we uh, talked about that in the last podcast, didn't we, Cole? We did. And uh, so one person said New Paper Mario Switch, that they're super excited for. Uh, one other person is most excited for the remake of Super Mario 64. And two other people said Super Mario Sunshine. And I'm, I'm kind of on that boat, honestly. Oh, yeah. I Sunshine is like... I don't know what it is about... I mean, I know what it is about Sunshine, but something about Sunshine that just sticks out that's just so amazing. Well, I mean, how many games are out there that need to get remade that haven't been remade yet? Like, we have fucking 12 fucking Resident Evils. Right, and all the Final Fantasies, and just remake a Samario. Yeah. I remember when I was in university, I had my alarm for waking up in the morning as Delfino Plaza, the song Delfino Plaza. Oh yeah, and I'm st like I, I when I had it as my my alarm, like you know when you have a, a song as your alarm, you get so sick of it, like yeah. it just like you just hate it. Yeah, I still don't hate Delphine Plaza. I think it's an amazing song. After having it as an alarm, I still love it. Cool. Yeah. What did I have for my alarm? No, I can't. I don't think I've ever had any song as my alarm. No. No. Just. Well, I didn't have the fucking Mayday alarm clock uh, sound. It was always something nice so I woke up to something nice. Like birds chirping and yeah. flowers blooming? Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, excuse me. So uh, let's move on to the new poll of this week which is uh, I had it here. One sec. There it is. Uh, so what is your favorite console and why? Mm. That was the question we asked all the uh, uh all the uh, people on our Facebook page and Discord. Uh, so we'll just put it up. Uh, what is your favorite console on our website? So go to our website, videogamesnow.ca, uh, to vote. Uh, it's on the podcast page. And yeah, you can while you're there, you can check out all our YouTube videos and uh, grab uh, a link to our social media pages. That's a good so. question. What's your favorite console and why? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. That's, a hard, that's a hard one, man. That's, yeah. That is a hard one. I... I there's so many reasons why it could be different things because I was like, there's the N64, which is what I started with. 
so that holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. And then there's the Xbox 360, which is what I got when, like, I was, like, really into, like, I, I don't even know. When I got my first job working, like, consistently, the first thing I did with my first paycheck was go out and buy an Xbox 360. Like, I literally, like, received my first paycheck, and with that paycheck went straight to the good old electronic store and was like give me them that xbox 360 oh yeah and then i got um resident evil 5 and i was ripping up on resident evil 5 and gears of war 2 so that also holds a special place in my heart yeah i always wanted an xbox and i never got one uh but i bought an xbox 360 yeah i was i was the xbox 360 was already out for a little bit when i was able to get one for myself because my parents would buy me one because my parents got me a N64 and a GameCube and then a Wii and I was like I'm getting a, I'm getting the Xbox yeah um, I bought mine from a friend he his ring, red ring of death duh. yeah and he got he sent it back to get it fixed but he didn't want to wait anymore so he just went out and bought a new Xbox and then he got his his refurbished uh, Xbox back and then he sold it to me for 180 bucks and ironically I never ever had a problem with it nice so i my um resident evil 5 xbox red ringed of death and i tried to get it fixed and they couldn't couldn't fix it so i uh i got the slim or the what was the i think the, the xbox, slim yeah i think it was a slim the whichever one they were like oh this will never red ring this they're like this xbox won't red ring and i'm like i'd rather get a non-fancy xbox that doesn't red ring than get a an exclusive that is just gonna crap out on me yeah totally lost your faith in the brand did <laughs> but i have my xbox one is the gears of war for xbox one so every time i turn it on it's a locust screaming so i don't have the regular like xbox sound but it's just like <laughs> dun, 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 dun. awesome yeah um god yeah that's such a hard question the 64 is definitely up there the 64 is what i've logged the most time on for sure really oh yeah i got nice. that thing in 98 and I didn't get a cube, so I played 64 all the way until the Wii came out, so it's like, what, seven years? Nice. Yeah. Well, you were playing some darn good games. Do you still have your N64? I do. I just put it in the garage yesterday. What? When I was helping you move, I should have taken a look at your, your N64 collection. I want to yeah. see what games you have. You must have them all. No, I don't have them all. Oh. Um, what was your most played N64 Probably game? Pokemon Puzzle League. Really? Pokemon Puzzle League? Yeah. Damn. And then I'm, we've told this po this story on the podcast before. And then we went to PAX one year, and they had a Pokemon Puzzle League tournament. I'm like, buddy, I've been training for this my whole life, and I got fucking destroyed. That's what it is, man. No matter how good you are, there's somebody out there who's just like an absolute monster. Yeah, um, like I play super hard for fun. That's how good I was. Mm. So there's easy, easy, normal, hard, very hard, super hard. And super hard, like the computers, you can even see the cursor. They were moving so fast, and I play that for fun. This is for Puzzle League. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just I had to look up Puzzle League. I used to rent this. One thing that kids won't know these days is we used to go to Video Station and rent N64 games. Like That was like a big part of my, my week or my weekend was going to the Video Station and renting a game. And I used to rent this game all the time. Yeah, it was good shit. Uh, but I sucked at it because I was a kid, and puzzles and kids kind of don't go together. At least me, dumb kids and puzzles don't go together. Uh, there was a mode on that uh, in that game where you had to, to complete a puzzle in a certain set amount of moves, mm. and that was the only game my mom ever played was that That's mode. Funny. So, uh, but yeah, I basically 100% completed the game. That that was a, quite a long game, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So many different modes you had to beat, and then you had to unlock all the special characters, and yeah. Leave it to Pokemon to customize the hell out of things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but best, yeah. I might have to just go with 64. Like the Switch is really, really good, but I have not nearly logged as much hours on the Switch as I have on 64. The one thing that would make the Switch the best controllers, if they, or the best consoles, if they released Pokemon Snap for the Switch, that yeah. would be yeah. That would be it. Game yep. breaking. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the 64. Uh, just just for the sh the sheer 
um, innovative. Well, the controller wasn't really innovative. It was kind of cancerous. Have you held a 64 controller in the last, like, at, like last little bit? Only controller to really make, besides the GameCube controller, make my fingers bleed. Like, no one ever actually used the D-pad. Like, nobody. No. There's so. no, there's no, you can't do it all at once. But actually thinking about it back then, like, as soon as uh, a gaming company makes a big change, everyone's like, whoa, whoa. So I imagine, like, controllers have had the D-pad for, like, f like since the inception of fucking Nintendo. Yeah. And so if they took the D-pad off and just had, like, a fucking stick, people would have been like, whoa. But they would have got used to it right away. So I, don't th I think the D-pad was completely useless. Yeah, I mean now it's good. Like it's it, it's an inventory option. That's basically what it's used for. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the 64. 64, baby. Yep. Uh, all right. So we'll throw that on our podcast page on our website uh, for the poll. What is your favorite console? Uh, we asked that question on our Discord, and we have a couple of friends here that uh, have something to say about it. So uh, we have ignore on our discord says he's got to go with the ps2 most sold console ever and for a reason beautiful game lineup and to top it all top all that in 2000 it was cheaply uh, a cheap early dvd player for 300 dollars us at launch that's right yeah that's one of the main reasons why i got my ps4 was because blu-ray player is a good good pull so <laughs> uh my friends who live on the island they uh they have a wii u they bought a wii u to play one game, I can't remember what it was, and then it became a Netflix machine. Yeah. That's what my PS4 was after I kind of, like, stopped playing PS4 games. It just became my, my Netflix machine, and now I got Netflix on my Xbox, so oh, yeah. that's my new Xbox, or my Netflix machine now. Sounds good. Uh, okay, so Bradley chimed in. Uh, he says he, it's going to be a fight between PS2 and N64. He said... Uh, it's the most sold and among lineup of games, or, or sorry, as yeah, Ignor said, uh, it's the most sold and among the lineup of games. Uh, N64 system that is that mastered uh, land parties and is a system that changed multiplayer in my mind. Just to think of iconic games like GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Perfect Dark, Smash Bros, DK64, Mario 64, and both mm. Zeldas. Yeah, there were so many good games on the 64. So many good games on the 64 that still hold Goldeneye, up today. Baby. Oh yeah. Goldeneye definitely holds up, but damn, that was a uh, the controllers were rough on that. And then see another one, Star Wars Pod Racer, man, Star yep. Wars Pod Racer Episode One, yeah, incredible. That needs a remake. That needs a hard remake, right they there. They just need a uh, N64 remix game to come out for the Switch. Oh yeah, like Pokemon Stadium. Oh, the Spider-Man game. Do you remember the N64 Spider-Man game? Uh, I didn't play that one. Uh. Holy crap, that was an incredible game. Oh, Gauntlet Legends 2? Not Gauntlet Legends 2, but Gauntlet Legends as well. So good. There's so many games that need to come out that were on the, on yeah. the N64. Um, yeah, oh, they're so good. So good. I'm just um, looking at N64 games right now. Makes me want to play. Hey, you, Pikachu. Fuck that game. <laughs> so fucking hard. It's so hard. It, and the reason it's hard is because... The voice recognition back then was garbage, and Awful. your Pikachu can't fucking understand what you're saying. You're like, hey, do this. And it's like, try to be supportive. You're like, hey, Pikachu, can you go pick up the fucking fishing rod for the 15th <laughs> fucking time? Fuck. I remember playing that, and there was a, a Charmander. Like, a, we were in, like, the valley area, and there was a Charmander. I was like, Pikachu, there's a Charmander behind you. And it was like, Pikachu doesn't understand what you're saying. And I was like, then what am I supposed to say to this thing? Yeah. That's a fucking game to stream. How fast can you beat Hey You Pikachu with this fucking asinine voice controls? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm shocked we haven't gotten a sequel for that because they seem to remake games no one wants. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or games that are like just, yeah. Actually, if they, technology. if they remade that now, it might be okay. Yeah, now the voice recognition is like spot on. Yeah, like Google's got you covered. Google hey, remakes Hey You Pikachu. Hey, hey You Pikachu powered by Google, yeah. Do you ever play the Tarzan N64 game? No, I don't remember that, that game one. Was, that was dope. That was oh, a yeah? good game. Oh, yeah. It was like a side-scroller, but, man, it was so well. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was so well done. I had to play it again, but just, uh, I thought it was great. 
I actually remember the order of the games I bought. Really? Yeah. Well, I got the 64 for Christmas with Mario 64. And played the shit out of that. Beat that and felt like God, even though it wasn't that hard back <laughs> in the day. Well, it was hard for me, I guess, because I was like eight. Oh, it was hard for me, too. I sucked at that, but man, I love playing it. Uh, then I Puzzle League was second, and then Indy 2000, which was a racing game, was the third one, and it has since gone missing. I don't know where that game is. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and then I bought... I basically pressured my mom into buying uh, Mario Kart at a used game store for 30 bucks. She was like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, buy it. It's Mario Kart, for fuck's sakes. So, yeah. Um, I uh, I made the mistake. My cousin and I, we both had an N sixty four, and we both had all the same games. So we like we had all the same games, and I was like, we should sell. Like we each have all these doubles, so we should each we should sell one so that we only have, um, one copy of each, and then yeah. go out and buy all the games that we don't have. Yeah. So my cousin and I took all of our games and sold them so that we only had one, and then bought more games and we got totally ripped off at the the pawn shop oh and then uh then we always had to share games and then when we were older we were like that was the stupidest thing that we've ever done yeah yeah <laughs> no we can... were kids we had no idea well every time i go to like a expo or a, like a fan expo or something like that i always check out the classic game store to see what else is there there's some good spots in Vancouver. Like, there's a shop right next to my house that has a ton of N64 games, and they have like five N64s. They've got it. They got like DK64 and Goldeneye, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a good place to check out. Um, I bought. Uh, I played this game a lot, which was uh, World's Not Enough 007. Yeah, I played that a little bit, but not uh, as much as Goldeneye. I played it a lot. I want to play it now that I'm older. But fuck, you know what kills me is the fucking auto aim is so bad. Like, mm -hmm. after playing uh, uh, FBS, like modern FBS games where, you know, you need to be reactive and, and make sure you're fucking aiming in the right place and all that, to going to that where, like, you just have to be looking in the fucking general direction of the enemy and then you'll auto-aim, like, on the whole screen over to the fucking dude. It's like, oh my <laughs> god. Oh and my god. They still find a way to make it difficult, though. Well, yeah, you could just, you, you can't, you can't run a gun on the higher difficulties. No, that's, you gotta take your time. Yeah. So, uh, that one was fun. My favorite was... There was one... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, there was one map, Istanbul, on multiplayer. So you you can set how many bot AIs there were and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I would literally spawn... Or uh, camp the missile launcher spawn. And I knew by looking at my radar where people spawned in. So I just like shoot a fucking guided missile uh, down like the alley and shit like that and get fucking kills all day long and not die once and then missile launcher ammo would just continuously spawn on me like fuck mm. I'm so cheap like if this was online I would hate everything about me. But you were winning. I was winning. It's all against, that matters against computers. Mm. Another so. good game, uh, uh, Kirby Crystal Shards. You know what? I have not played that game and that's it's on my list, dude. The Crystal Shards is incredible. Nice. Gotta play it. You know what shitty game I played was called uh, Glover. Glover. Oh yeah, I remember Glover. Yeah, that was the fifth game I got. Um, it was okay. It, it entertained my ten-year-old mind. Easily entertained. Yeah. I was saying that to a friend of mine. Uh, how I remember when I was a kid and I used to play a game on hard like I'd play like the old Call of Duty's on veteran and if I no matter how many times I died I could just do it again and again and again yeah. you know like I could just like just keep pushing until I beat the level on veteran yeah. and I try doing that now and I just I can't do it anymore I just don't have the the patience for it like I used to I tried playing modern warfare campaign yeah. on on veteran and yeah. I I quit like the first level I was like all right I'm bored of this yeah you're you're saying that on a previous podcast was I? Yeah, I yeah. was just thinking about that again because um, N64 games. If there was something too difficult on N64, I could just like. Can you can you play co-op uh, campaign? No, uh, I, don't, I don't think you can. No, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, no, I think this campaign uh, it was has been the best one in a while. That's what everybody says, and yeah. I I gotta play it. Then I, I have to. I'm just like, it's it's because going from playing online to playing the campaign 
like when you're playing against a living, breathing, thinking human being to playing against uh, an AI, I just, I don't know. Um, the AI is a bit smarter in this campaign. Like, um, lots of grenades are thrown, but if you're in an open area, like they will flank you. Like they'll come up behind you and, and take you out. To dinner? Yeah. Nice. Well, see, they, that's, I that's, mean, they do it right before they royally fuck you. Mm, so they gotta do, right? Wine and dine. But I've been playing uh, Gears of War. We were yep. talking about this. I was playing Gears of War 5. And the it's the AI in Gears of War is different because it's not like... The thing about Call of Duty is you, you look at a guy and you shoot him and he's basically dead or you just shoot him a few times. But in um, Gears of War, every enemy... Like, I don't know. I feel like they they're there they're present like you have to focus on every single enemy on call of duty you just like go from one guy to one guy to one guy but in gears of war it's like every character like they die differently in their their the way that their body explodes or the way they get shot like i don't know i feel more invested in the campaign yeah. in, in gears of war than i do in um uh call of duty yeah there's only one complaint i have about the campaign in the new call of duty and that's especially on veteran is uh you have to die five or six times to know exactly where a guy is. Yeah, just one guy. Just one fucking guy. And then you have to, like, slide in and start shooting before he even fucking pops his head out to even kill him. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's annoying. Anyways. It's, it takes a lot of time, and I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Can't do it. Well, I'd be veteran in, like, a day. Oh, well. Maybe but, I just suck at it. Yeah, possibly. Which is fine. I don't yeah. want to be good at Call of Duty campaign. No desire. <laughs> All right. So last thing on the podcast docket today is uh, top ten games. Uh, that top ten video game launch titles is what a what I meant to say. <laughs> top ten games. Top ten games. Top um, ten launch titles. So games that came out at launch of a new console or yeah, that, of this so, new console specifically. No, no, no. Top ten games of all time that were launch titles that did really, really well. Mm. Number ten, F Zero for the uh, SNES play that yeah f-zero was like one of the hardest maybe the hardest racing game i've ever played my oh, yeah? friend had it so i'd play when i'd go over to his house and we just sucked hard at it all the time but we still played it i mean it was super fun like i, I loved all the characters and all the ships but man that's that game's an ass kicker oh yeah yeah number nine is sx x for the ps2 I don't S know what that is. SX? Isn't that that snowboarding oh, game? Oh, it's a... Yeah, look, Extreme Sports. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? I think I, a different friend of mine had this game and we used to play it all the time. This was what, like... Because we used to play the Tony Hawk Pro oh, Skater. Yeah. Oh, and this yeah. was like the, the racing snowboard version. Yeah, you could do tricks and grind and... Yeah, I remember playing this. I remember... Maybe, uh, oh, I, I played a snowboarding game for the 64 called 1080. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it's uh, amazing how they, they make it... Um, how fun they make these games. Well, now that there's so much shit to do, like, and so many, like, movies to watch and animes to watch and different types of games to play, like, um, back in the day, games were not as accessible, so you had to, like, you had to fucking invest time in shit you've actually bought to make it worth the money. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I would probably play 1080 now for like uh, 10 minutes and be like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Do you remember when Steep came out? That open world snowboarding game where they drop you on the top of a mountain? No. No? I remember when that came out, I was like, I was so interested in that game and the way that they pushed it. And I didn't end up getting it and I'm... I'm not sad now, but it was like an open world snowboarding game where you, they, you there's a mountain, they drop you on the top of the mountain, and you just do do runs. So the whole game was just this couple big mountains, and you could go and hmm. ski and snowboard down. Interesting. So I'm, but I, I don't think it did very well, and I haven't seen a game like it since. But yeah, snowboarding and skiing games. Now you just play Breath of the Wild and shield surf down everywhere. Easy. Yeah. Too easy. Number eight is Call of Duty Two uh, for the 360. Nice. That's a C fun one. Call of Duty 2, like, the second one ever made. Um, is that the... Because there was, there was multiple Call of... Oh, okay, I did not play Call of Duty 2, but I played Call of Duty Big Red 1. 
that was the Call of Duty 2 Big Red One, which was amazing. Just such an incredible game. I, I played the hell out of that. But I, I never played, like, Call of Duty 2. I just played Call of Duty 2 Big Red One. Was I remember playing Call of Duty the original. That oh, was Finest fun. Hour? Finest yeah. Hour was also... That was one thing that got me into video games like this there's something there's something going on here finest hour stalingrad when you played through the battle of stalingrad yeah and there's like the russian guy and he's calling out orders from you as you're rowing your boat towards stalingrad and he's like kill the germans this is your mother's prayer shit i was like i was like what is going on um i remember playing finest hour on pc too and i was like fuck how old was i 13 14 maybe hmm so that's a that's a game we screw modern warfare too. give us give us finest hour yeah well they pretty much did then they remake it in world war two remake it again well they just like retold Ah. it in world war two didn't they no i don't don't, maybe i'd have to go i own world war two i have to go back and check it but fucking world war two suck balls the multiplayer anyway actually the campaign was fucking unbearable as well yeah um anyways zombies was good though zombies was good except they needed more than one map Number seven was uh, Lou Mines for the PSP. I don't even know what that is. Lou? How do you spell Lou Mines? L-U-M-I-N-E-S. Moving into handhelds is always a great opportunity to showcase fresh batch of ingenuity. I can't say that word. Uh, as with, as is the case with the PSP launch game, uh, gameplay was simple but addictive, and the players had to puzzle solve using patterns of light and beats of techno music. Any similarities to Tetris quickly faded away as fans embraced this modern puzzler. If you have a if you have a PSP and haven't played this game, you are missing out. Well, okay, I was gonna say it looks exactly like Tetris, but when they say anything of Tetris gets washed away, then yeah, it seems interesting. Yeah. Number six is Star Wars Rogue Squad and Two Rogue Leader for the Cube. For the Cube. I think I played that a little bit. In Later. the beginning, there was the Cube. Star Wars. Yeah, I did play this. I enjoyed the Star Wars piloting games, and that's the thing that I, I I feel like they did okay in the Battlefield games, or the Battlefront. Yep. But I liked it in the original Battlefront better. Like, I loved, in the original Battlefront, just running over to a ship and, like, actually getting inside of the ship. Yep. I hated the tokens. I think that was my least favorite part. That's what really turned me off of the new Battlefield. Mm-hmm. was just that stupid token system like i i loved playing on hoth in the original battlefront and hopping into your your snow speeder and taking off from the the base in your snow speeder go fight walkers was just like oh mm. <laughs> the best um so uh what's next number five is still caliber for the dreamcast in 99 Nice. I didn't play much Soul Calibur. Uh, I played the one for the cube because Link was in it. That was the only reason I played it. And did you exclusively play Link? Yes. <laughs> and then I quit after I fucking died every fucking match. Not easy. Yeah. Takes time. Yeah. Number four, Wii Sports for the Wii. Doo, That's pretty doo, believable. Doo, Liter- doo, well, doo, doo, doo. everyone got it for free. And it just basically outlined how great the Wii controls were for... Or could be, I guess. I hated how it came in that little sleeve. Like, it, it, when they gave it to you, it was like that tiny little sleeve. And yeah. I was like, where the hell does this go on my my shelf? You know, like, you got to, like, slide it in between two game boxes. I'm like, either all games should come in these sleeves or none. Yeah. No game should come in yeah. these sleeves. This is like cereal box gaming level of packaging. What was your best? Because uh, you know how you started at zero. And then the more you won, and, like, I want to play Wii Sports right now, just FYI. <laughs> Um, and then the more you won, you would rank up. And once you hit a thousand, you were a pro, and the fucking game ramped up super hardcore. Um, I don't think I ever made it to a thousand, but I think uh, boxing might have been the one that I I did the most of. For me, I was a pro in tennis and baseball. Um, like I could keep up with the pro in tennis, but the pro baseball is like fucking next level. It's so I- hard. I found it so hard to like get the the um, motion controls and the baseball to line up. Like every time I'd swing the the baseball bat, it was it was it would always like slip my hand away and I would get stuck and 
drive around. Like, I right. can never line up the swings. Well, the swings were... Um, if you threw a fastball, if, if you swung, you were lined up with it. But the fastball that the computers throw when you were a pro were, like, 110 mile an hour fucking pitches. <laughs> and, like, you saw it for, like, a millisecond. You'd have to start swinging, like, as they were throwing yeah. it. Like, during the animation of them throwing, you'd already have to be swinging. Yeah, pretty much. And then they switch it up, right? They throw, like, knuckleballs and curveballs and shit. So you're just getting strikeouts like fucking crazy. And then the opposite's true when you're pitching. So when you're pitching, you can throw underhand or overhand fastballs, knuckleballs. Um, you can adjust the aim of the ball so that it's not dead center on the bat. Like, it's maybe below, uh, like, near their body, but uh, below the bat. Mm -hmm. um, I would do. I would try fucking everything, and they would hit You'd everything. Never get it. They would hit everything, and they would never fall for my knuckleballs. They'd never fall for my fucking shittily aimed pitches. Like it was fucking garbage. So, um, golf, I did okay at. I wasn't a pro at that though. I don't even remember the golf. Like I'm just looking at the picture here, and I I have no remembering remembrance <laughs> of the golf at all. I remember everything. I was bowling, boxing, tennis, baseball, golf is just not even, not even there. Bowling, once you figure, like, I couldn't not curl the ball right. Like, no matter what I did. Yeah, I had a hard time with the bowling, too. Yeah. So I just had to find one area that every time I bowled, it'd just get a strike. Like, cool. I love that Wii Bowling became a meme, though. <laughs> did it? Oh, yeah, they have, like, I'll send you some videos. They have, like, all these videos of, like, people falling over, and then they just, like, replay the people falling over, but, like, into the bowling pins. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, so number three was uh, Halo Combat Evolved for the Xbox. Halo Evolved for the... Oh, yeah, yeah, So, my brother and I tried to play this because it just got released on PC for Halo Master Chief Collection for PC, and it's fucking broken. Like, I want to make a video about why I'm not buying a fucking Xbox because everything that's fucking broken, they don't fucking fix. Yeah, they just... And you got to call their, their hotline. Yeah call the xbox now and then well, they never get anything done that's not gonna fucking help this situation but yeah like you can play it by yourself but as soon as you try to play it co-op on pc the fucking game crashes mm. it's super annoying anyways number two tetris game boy 1989 tetris baby been playing some tetris 99 cole uh not 99 but i i don't know there's just something about tetris that's just like it's awesome good concept yeah i'll get a hankering to play tetris and i'll download it on my phone and then hate it um oh yeah an hour later it's like when you download like sudoku 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 yep. and then you play it for like a couple minutes and you're like all right i'm not i'm not done with this if i'm straight up desperate i'll play sudoku but you know that a game is good when you get a hankering to to play it still you know yeah okay number one is actually a tie for the cool. NES, SNES, and the 64, which was uh, all the Marios that came out on those. So Super Mario Bros., <laughs> Super Mario World, Every Super Mario 64. Mario. Yeah. I could agree with well, that. Well deserved, yeah. I think Super Mario Bros. sold like a fucking bazillion zillion copies of, their, of the first one. I think they probably would still sell a bazillion zillion copies of the first one. Yeah. Oh, so goddamn good. Uh, I, I haven't actually beat, because, excuse me, sorry, I never, uh, I never had a SNES, so, um, all the SNES games that I played are very limited, so I've played the Donkey Kong Countries, I've played Mario World, but I have not beaten it. Uh, I played a lot of yeah, I beat Mario World. I beat all of the Donkey Kong Countries. Um, I had so many games for the uh, the NES. Yeah. And I can't remember any of them. Well, actually, again, it was my, my cousin, the same cousin who we sold half of our N64 games. It was his NES. But he brought it to my grandma's place. And my grandma lived right next to me, so I could go over next door and play his NES at my grandma's. And right. I used to do that all the time because it was so good. Uh, but yeah, we, Mario, Donkey Kong Country. Um, why am I blanking out on all the other games that I played? Probably because they weren't good. <laughs> Just kidding. No, there were some. There were some good ones, but man, there were some very difficult ones. Yeah, yeah. Super Mario Bros. Uh, 
And that's it. No, no, no other ones. There's no other ones. All right, well, that comes to the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening to the Video Games Now podcast. Leave a review and whatever you're listening to the show on. Uh, and then jump onto our social media and let us know what you thought of the show. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. And we'll be back next week to help you through this Heineken virus times. Ooh. Ooh. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. See you all in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.